0: Dan Carlin is one of my favorite political podcasters out right now, and I truly appreciate his hot takes, um, his perspective on politics, his big, pick, big picture approach to looking at, pod, uh, looking at politics in America domestically, internationally, and in the 21st century juxtaposing that to the way things used to be and seeing and comparing contextualizing where we could potentially end up if we stray too far away from the quote-unquote founding fathers and the constitutional approach to the way this country was designed to operate i think It's a very important um, podcast. I think it's something in which, you know, people on the left, politically, people on the right, politically, people who consider themselves to be uh, moderates or in the middle, quote unquote. It is an interesting, um, it's still an interesting point of view. And it's still something in which We can all, um, you know, get something out of his point of view on things and political discourse in the 21st century. Now, I look at the the way politics um, has been going on and in the corporate media, mainly on the right, when it comes to discussing um, politics and discussing, you know, what is over the line, Right. Whether it's Stephen Miller, one of Trump's advisors, uh, being heckled in a restaurant. Uh, I believe it was a Mexican restaurant of all restaurants. You know, how tone deaf are these people, right? And Sarah Huckabee being taunted and essentially kicked out of a restaurant for her political uh, views, I guess. Or, her, or I should say the person that she politically backs. Because I don't know if it has anything to do with her views as much as, you know, Trump is a despicable person to a lot of people in the country. And she is a representative of the Trump administration and she, you know, is a supporter of the Trump administration. So, you know, I don't think it's as much as an attack on conservative values, quote unquote, as much as it's an attack on. Or an indictment of the Trump administration. Nevertheless, what we've gotten is this conversation on what civility is. Or what civility should be when it comes to politics. Now, I started the podcast off talking about Dan Carlin. And I think for all of the things that I agree with him, right? All of the things that I... I think, you know, he he's spot on when it comes to government oversight, when it comes to um, you know, being an absolutist, constitutional absolutist. His critique of main of mainstream media, his critique of establishment politicians, establishment Democrats, establishment Republicans. I disagree with his is um, diagnosis of the problem, and I think the gist of it, especially you know, if you listen to his uh, his podcast since Trump has been elected, that's really been what he has um, most of his shtick has really been. Right? It's been let's everybody. Why can't we just get along? Right? Can not everybody just get along? Can't we all, as a, as a bunch of, you know, countrymen, where's the love, right? Back in the day, you know, we were more uniform, unified as a country and don't let the Russians and their propaganda disrupt the flow of the country and make people, neighbors, hate neighbors, And it sort of ties in my mind to the conversation of civility, right? Civility. What does that mean in the 21st century in politics? What does that mean? Right now, referencing Dan Carlin, I think, you know, I think he's wrong about that. Now, granted, I'm coming from a perspective, a person of color. And coming from a perspective of a person who is comes from an immigrant background. We've never, as a country, been uniform, unified in any form or fashion in the history of this country. And that's the dark side of the quote-unquote melting pot. And the dark side of the quote-unquote, um, you know big country, that is the United States. It's one of the biggest countries in the world. So you literally have, it's really three or four different countries in one. You know, that we never got along with each other. (laughs) Now, I don't think it's as dramatic as neighbors hating neighbors, but you always have enclaves liberal enclaves, quote-unquote, more progressive enclaves. You had conservative enclaves. You know, you look at the southwestern part of the country is vastly different from the, north, the the southeast part of the country. And then the southeast part of the country is vastly different than the, the mid-Atlantic part of the country. You know, the, the New Jersey's, the, the, the Maryland's, the Delaware's, the, the Pennsylvania's, the New York's which are vastly different from the Massachusetts and the, the um, Maine, New Hampshire, right? Which is different from the Southwest, which is different from the, S- the Northwest, which is different from California. We've always disagreed on the country and the way the country is run. And in some cases, being a history buff that I am and being a history buff that I think, you know, Dan Carlin, I know that he is, which he has another phenomenal history podcast on a side note, is that we fought wars over it, right? And I think God, you know, somebody with my skin tone and my skin color, I thank God that civility didn't win out in that time. And people went to war. You know, I'm glad that for the sake of ending slavery and abolishing slavery in this country, that there were groups of people that were like stood up and they're like, no, enough is enough. Enough is enough. They may not think black people are equal to white people, but, you know, they think, you know, yeah, a lot of Quakers up north and sl- we want to abolish slavery because ethically we, we disagree Wholeheartedly, we think it's a human rights violation these are human beings and the south not conceding to that wanting to continue slavery lord knows how long slavery would have lasted in this country it could have very well lasted into the 20th century very well, easily, easily so then you look at it civility, what does that look like? being nice to another person well you know we all have hey you know throwing your hands up and and oh you know we all have different opinions what does it matter right we all have different every opinion is equal every policy point is equal every political ideology is equal and we just need to be nice to each other We need to hold hands with one another because these are our countrymen. And, you know, don't let the Russians do this to us. Don't let the Russians tear us apart at the seams. This country has been built on rebellion. This country has been built on separate enclaves within the country being separate and essentially advocating for, for certain... Laws, certain rules that would have certainly hindered America and their progress as becoming a world power. You know, civility, civility. I saw online there were articles, I didn't even know this, articles back in the uh, 30s calling for civility amongst the Jews, between the Jews and the Nazis. Prominent German newspaper writers, editor, you know, editors and so forth, reporters, Americans as well, talked openly about Jews, people of Jewish descent and Nazis, people from the Nazi party or Nazi sympathizers being civil towards one another you know we know you know the nazis don't like don't like you guys they they openly talk about this you know this is before i guess the early 30s when they when they get into power the nazis get into power and you know before the atrocities that take start taking place throughout the decade with the concentration camps and we should all just be civil towards one another. And I just I I just couldn't help but find the parallels between what is going on in this country in today and in the twenty-first century. I'm sorry. I can't be civil towards groups of people in this country that think it's appropriate for the the government people that we pay taxes to my tax dollars going towards ripping people's children away from them and separating them to prove some sort of political point to prove some sort of, to, to, to be a tough guy and to commit human rights violations. You are not going to soil my name and soil our name for your vanity project, it's not going to happen. And the people who support that, I have no interest in having a quote-unquote civil conversation with you. Now, do I think ad hominems are helpful in the conversation? No. But, and hominems getting animated, you know, minus the ad hominems, getting animated. About the quote-unquote these policy points, protesting these policy points, calling people out on their shit is what we need, what, what we need at this current point in this country. I just don't buy that. You know, I just don't buy that. Civility, civility. It's ridiculous to me. And I I heard a lot of people on social media, right? I have one, this conservative friend that posted a, a, a not he's not really a friend, but a political, a Facebook friend. He posted some meme about, you know, some guy who, basically it was a meme about quote unquote liberals being, being hypocritical. You know, because you want, you want gay people to be able to get their cakes made, right? But, you know, you heckle Stephen Miller, you heckle Sarah Huckabee, and you kick Sarah Huckabee out of a restaurant. How civil is that? Hypocritical. Now, <laughs> for me to, to explain the difference between the two, it's absolutely ridiculous that one could equate one to the other. When people are advocating for, you know, homosexuals or, you know, black people or, um, you know, transgendered people, that you can't discriminate a business, you can't own and operate a business on U.S. soil and say, I'm not selling or I'm not serving these people. I'm not serving black people. I don't like Chinese, I don't like Asians. I'm not serving Asians. You can't do that in this country. You can't do that. You know, it has nothing to do with, well, you know, the business, um, you know, has the right to refuse service. Yeah, businesses have a right to refuse service when on an individualized basis. If you happen to be black and you walk into a store and you're shirtless or you walk into a fancy restaurant. And there's a policy and you treat everybody that way. And there's a policy, let's say, at a particular restaurant, there are fancy restaurants where you, you know, you need to wear shoes and you need to wear, you know, um fancy clothes. Club, same thing. But if you're, you know, not uh that's the policy, and you happen to be black and you walk into a restaurant or a club and you are wearing um you know jeans and and Jordans and uh, a t-shirt. Okay, we we can refuse that because we have a particular policy and we do this for everybody. We have a particular policy. We have a dress code here. We we have to we we have to abide by the dress code. We're strict here. We we have to abide by the dress code for whatever reason. But you can't say, well, I can't serve you because you're black. You know, an uh, an owner can say, a a restaurant owner can say, I I don't serve Nazis. You know, you're an alt-right guy, you're a Nazi sympathizer, you're a Nazi. Sorry, you come in with all the swastika tats, sorry. That's an ideology. That has nothing to do, that's not not an unchangeable characteristic of your of who you are, an unca- uh, an unchangeable factor, an unchangeable force. I can't change, you know, my skin color. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can lighten my skin color, but that still doesn't change the, my ethnic or racial background, you know? You can't change your, your sexual preference. Your sexual preference is your sexual preference, you know? But I, you could be a, a Nazi sympathizer. Hell, you could be an Antifa sympathizer. And restaurants could be like oh, we don't serve people. you know, we, we you know we don't serve you. We won't serve you. There's a difference. There's a difference. Big difference. But, you know, I got a little bit off on a tangent. This conversation on civility just really irks me. Because if, you know, individuals are talking about calling other, others' names and, you know, cursing at individuals, I disagree with that because I don't think it's counterproductive to anything other than the fact that you're just letting off some steam. Whatever, right? Right. But when it comes to everlasting change, when it comes to being the idealized version of what this country can be, it's challenging people and challenging their ideas, protesting, and coming with force. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with challenging people, challenging their ideas, And doing it in a way that I'm sorry may hurt your feelings. Because there's real live stakes. There are real live lives that are being lost and lives that are being uh, affected and compromised under the guise of, well, you know, you could at least be nice about it. I'm sorry, I can't be nice. I can't be nice. I can't be nice for our, you know, abhorrent immigration policies. I can't be nice with our backwards, archaic, you know, um, uh, EPA and 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 you know the way things are going now under the administration. That the 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 cutting of the EPA and this this lack of science in the White House, quote unquote. I can't I can't sit idly by and. Be nice and friendly and, uh, you know, I despise that, you know, and I despise the the mainstream media for pushing that narrative. What happened to people being nice to one another? What happened to that? It's an absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous notion to me. It aggravates me. To no end. Not every single idea. When did we become in this country? We sit there and we we do this sort of affirmative action to ideas. I hate that. This affirmative action. we, We pose and we juxtapose ideas as, oh, well, all ideas are equal. It reminds me of being back in school when, you know, my teachers would say all the time, you know, are there are there any questions? And then, you know, no one raises their hand. And then, and then, you know, the teacher does the well, you know, are you sure there's no dumb questions? Well, there are dumb questions. <laughs> there are dumb questions. There are really dumb questions. And the same goes for, for ideology. And just because a certain group of people follow a certain particular ideology does not mean that their ideology is valid just because they have that ideology, you know, this unobjectively, this, this immigration policy was a bad idea. It's a bad look on the world stage. It's a bad look when you're trying to sell the American people. You know, when you're when you're talking about, well, you know, we want to topple this regime and we want to go into North Korea and we want to do this because they look at what they're doing to these people. And and oh, you know, we want to go into Syria. We want to bomb Syria and and the the you know, the government regime in Syria, because look what they're doing to their own people. They're they're using chemical weapons and that that's a gross human uh, violations, human rights violations. Yet you're committing atrocities and human rights violations on your own soil. In the name of what? Statistics that aren't even true. This this whole um, you know influx of brown immigrants coming into the country that isn't true. No numbers, no data, just just the feeling. It just feels that way. It just feels like there's just a ton of Mexicans coming across the border. It's an absolute travesty. And it's hard for me to sit there and to play nice with that. You know, it's hard. But you know, that's what mainstream media does. Mainstream media will tell you that, well, you know, we'll invite this scientist to come on, we'll have a debate. We'll invite a a climate change denier, and we'll, we'll invite an actual scientist to come on and we'll discuss, you know, climate change. And the scientist is like 90 something percent of the uh, something, what, 95, 96 percent of the scientific community believes, that, uh, believes in global warming or excuse me, climate change and believes that human beings have a hand in, in the, the way the weather is fluctuating. And that, you know, we need to find clean, green energy, clean alternatives to coal, clean alternatives to gasoline. Yet you have this idiot on who's like paid, who, you know, is on the, the, the shell um, payroll or BP oil payroll payroll. And he's arguing how that's not true. And he's, he's arguing that the four or five percent of the scientific community that thinks it's all horseshit. I'm sorry. I don't study this for a living, but I know for a fact, just common sense wise. If 95, if, if my job as a scientist is to, you know, my job, you know, my credibility is on the line is to test, test and retest. And then you know that other scientist is trying to make a name, and he, you know, he's trying to test, test, and retest to see if there's any flaws or if there's anything wrong with the other scientist, and coming up with different hypotheses and running test after test after test. People who spend their whole lives, you know, hours and hours and hours. This is their full time job. This is their world, and they're saying, yeah, this is this something here, guys. I'm sorry. I tend to believe more, I tend to believe that more than the 3% or the 4% that doesn't believe that climate change is really happening. But you know, hey, all ideas are equal, right? All ideas are not equal. All ideas are not equal. I just hate this, oh, play nice. No, fuck that. No, play nice. No, play nice. The gloves were off. There were different quotes. Uh, You know, Maxine Waters. And, um, you know, I've heard, I've seen many other Donald Trump quotes. She was referencing some Donald Trump quotes where civility was not even a part of the equation. He openly talked uh, violence. He openly spoke violence at his rallies. Threatened people. So, you know, when people fight back, all of a sudden it's civility. We have to have civility. Yeah, where was the civility for uh, Barack Obama when he was in office? Where was the civility then? But it's because it's your guy in office, you know, we, we have to sit there and be nice and kissy, kiss ass. For what? For what? It's just an absolutely asinine concept and it's a regressive concept and it really doesn't help the, the, you know, this country at all. It doesn't help anything at all. It takes aggression. I'm not saying violence, but it takes aggression. Something in which the Democrats, something in which the people who consider themselves to be progressive, you know, politicians have done a terrible job of you have to stand your ground. You have to be firm, you have to be strong. Fuck people's feelings. You know, when I try to speak, I use data. I use I use data. So, you know, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Civility is overrated. Instead Galvanize, do your reading, do your research, find the data, make your arguments, shape your worldview by using data, by reading a lot, and by going out there and expressing yourself and fighting back against the absurdity. Because it's only the beginning, folks. It's only the beginning.